0: Welcome guys to Kieran's Corner, very special episode of your team, your say this week. We have the one, the only, possibly the most famous super fan in the NFL It's Bengals captain. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I am doing excellent. It is a good day to be a Bengals fan. We've got the pick of the litter and we're all arguing about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... Look, i'm just i'm just very excited to have you on but for all our viewers out there thank you for joining us and welcome to Kieran's corner it and go. if the intro runs kick it and go kick it and go. I force, zones, go. to kick it off Thank you for sitting past the intro guys. I know you hate seeing the Patriots gear in that intro, but let's let's get straight into it. The Cincinnati Bengals last season. It was tough for me to watch as an LSU fan, what happened with Joe. But but how, how do you feel he played up until, obviously, the unfortunate game against Washington?
1: Absolutely, as advertised. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people put a lot of hype thinking that that first game was just going to be, you know, perfect. He's going to be Hall of Famer. Uh, he, he showed some rookie mistakes, which uh, what impressed me the most was how quickly he bounced back every time he made a mistake. You know, he, he even the the famous quote, uh, what uh, the, the Showtime uh, NFL showed him talking to some of the defenders is like, you know what, you know, next time I'll get that call or, you know, that won't happen again. You know, he he learned to get the ball out quickly. He learned where his weaknesses were on the offensive line and he, he worked around them and you, you couldn't ask for more, you know, as far as a mental processing. Uh, unfortunately, some of the plays, some of his biggest plays got called back. Some of the times he escaped and hit T Higgins down the sideline. You know, I, I loved Andy Dalton. I was a huge Andy Dalton supporter, but I couldn't help, you know, whoever I, I brought to the game, you know, I, I cycled through, you know, different people who could come to the games with me and every single game he had one or two, just wow. Just, just those throws. Like he didn't complete that, did he? Oh my God, he did. You know, it just every single game he does that. So I, we couldn't be more thrilled to have Joe Burrow leading the team.
0: It, it's good to have an Ohio boy in Ohio as well. I think he was kind of pumped to stay in his home state, to play play for a team such as the Cincinnati Bengals, despite maybe there being a bit of reputation amongst NFL fans of the team the past couple of years. But Joe's fit in perfectly. In terms of a rookie having ball play he was incredible some of the throws he made you you don't even see guys like drew Brees making so he he was just incredible i I remember a play i think it's the jacksonville jaguars where he he threw to t higgins it was like a 15 yard completion and he put it at a point where only t higgins could get it and the way they were in sync so quickly was just fantastic and i mean despite the offensive line being you know you had some bright spots there, like Quinton Spain. I like that guy. He, he seems like a very fun player, and he seems like he's he's down to ride. But you've got some good pieces. Joe Mixon is an absolute beast. Giovanni Bernard, some of the plays he makes are incredible. And then, obviously, on the defence, you've got some good players like Von Bell and then Logan Wilson, who is a guy I I was very high on coming in. Did, did you expect to get... I know it was only like four wins, but did, did you expect four wins this season or did you kind of think it would be a little bit worse given, you know, some of the things the media were
1: saying? You know, I, I, I think the media never gives us a fair break. And when injuries hit us hard, then they go back and think, you know, hey, I, I told you so. They, they use those injuries as a reason that they were right on their predictions, um, you know, and I realize some people hate the injury excuse. But it is a legitimate excuse for a lot of teams. If if you're middle of the pack, the the group of the NFL that, you know, well injuries happen. Okay, great. It's a level playing field. If you get lucky and you're you're at the top ten uh, most healthy teams, you could overperform. But those teams that are in the bottom ten, it is so difficult to test depth at four, five. Six different units, and then once Burrow goes down, it was, it was what it was. So um, the the close games are frustrating. Uh, we're, we're all getting a little irritated losing the close games, but uh, Burrow with another year under his belt, uh, you know, Coach Taylor uh, going into his third year, uh, made some huge, huge upgrades uh, just with the offensive line coach. So I think. Some of those little the, – the, the moments in a game you've got to dig down. Uh, you know, we, we saw Cleveland break our hearts on a last-second throw. You, you dig down. You know what's coming. You're not, you're not caught off guard, and I think that's what we're going to see this year. So injuries hurt uh, last year, but you know what? Hey, might not have been a playoff team anyway this year. I think, I think playoffs is, is the target at least.
0: Yeah, because I was going to say that Cleveland game was probably one of the best games of the season. It was just back and forth and back and forth. And Baker looked great. Burrow looked great. Every single player on the field that game gave it their all. And it was probably one of the best Ohio versus Ohio games that we've seen in recent memory. yeah, especially with the Browns hitting that peak they have this season and going out and finally getting that monkey off their back and beating the Steelers in a, in a big game. I feel like there's a real big rivalry that's going to be brewing over the next couple of years between the Cincinnati Bengals as they build. And as the Browns continue to get better and better, AFC North is looking like one of the hardest divisions in football right now, especially as you've got Lamar Jackson and the Steelers, they've been good for, for, for a while now and, I, I kind of feel like they're going to fall off a cliff this season with everything that happened last season. And before we kind of move on a little bit, how happy were you when you got that win over the Steelers uh, late last season? Because that, for me, was—I I hate the Steelers. So that was fantastic <laughs> for me to watch. I like you. How was that as a Bengals fan?
1: You know, it—it it was really. I, I almost want to use the word cathartic. It just you know, so many things happened. It it wasn't always just sheer dominance. It was horrible officiating. It was a bad bounce. It was an injury. It was so many different things. It was not the dominance that the team and the fans seemed to, to believe it was. So finally, we get a couple of things that bounce in our favor, you know, a couple of calls that don't go against us. and. The entire game, there was a Steelers fan above my left shoulder. At one point in the game, this obnoxious jerk actually pulled his pants down and showed his ass to everyone in the stadium, bare ass, in typical Steelers fan fashion. And he left early. We all we all waved goodbye. He couldn't take it anymore. It was absolutely beautiful.
0: (laughs) That's the crazy thing as well, because I have a few friends who are Steelers fans, but they're all from the UK. I don't know anyone who's from Pittsburgh or an American Steelers fan who I actually get on with. I think the guys, especially Steelers fans who go to games, are sort of a different breed. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember a friend of mine came to a Browns game over here. He walked past Steelers fans wearing his Browns jersey and they just pelted him with cans and bottles. And I was like, who are these people, man? They're... It's ridiculous. And so that must have felt great for for you guys. And, even though they're your rivals, you must have felt great watching the Browns absolutely beat the snot out of him in the playoffs. If you're anything like me, I was screaming at the TV all night. That was, that was a great moment to watch. Oh, yeah. It Was was that fun for you as, as well, despite not being a Cleveland fan?
1: Abs- absolutely. You know, every fan base has horrible fans. I know a lot of really great Browns fans who – you know they they've suffered like us. They they know what we've went through. You know there, there's a kindred spirit there. Um, the 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 kids on Twitter that act like Bakers the next coming they they pick him over Mahomes. Eh, I you know I was happy to see them upset in the next round. But for the the great Browns fans that that you know they they just want to see a good rivalry. They just want to win for crying out loud. It's been so long. Hey, I feel you exactly. I'm with you. I-
0: I was going to say there must be some solidarity because in the years they were kind of really, really struggling, you were still going to the playoffs five years in a row yep. with the red rifle at the helm. And then you guys have kind of slipped off the last few years. So I can imagine there's there's kind of some solidarity there between fans. But, but let's get a little bit more in-depth about this man. A man who, as you could see from my overlay, very close to my heart, I am diehard LSU and I I can't even say enough good things about this man. But let's talk about these kind of incredible stats for a rookie with a bad offensive line. I mean, I'm not saying he's short of receiver talent, but AJ Green kind of lost a step this year. Like, he's 404 attempts 65.3% completion yards 2600 yards 13 touchdowns and five picks of which three weren't really his fault they were tip balls and the 89.8 quarterback rating that's that's almost unheard of for a rookie stepping into this sort of situation how did it feel when you were waiting for that draft pick to be called at draft night were you were you apprehensive that something would go wrong or or did you have full trust in the Bengals that they would go out and get Joey B for you?
1: Full trust. You know, it's funny because so many Bengals fans, uh, they're, they're, they've been disappointed. Uh, you know, the, the media narratives, even, even some of the biggest voices on social media, have 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 tried to take shots at the team you know that, that that's really the the whole reason that i came to social media was try to combat some of that you know they they think it's funny to drop a joke and then the fans start to believe it and then you just expect bad things to happen i had complete faith you know i i've had the opportunity i have been been lucky enough to have the opportunity to talk to mike brown uh to talk to troy blackburn katie blackburn um they they're not the people that sometimes They're, they're made out to be, uh, they're very intelligent. They're very, they're great. They love the fans. I had zero, zero doubt Burrow is going to be the pick, but I was excited. I, I almost got emotional watching it. Uh, just because so many people hammered the organization. They tried to tell, oh, Burrow should request a trade. Burrow shouldn't play in Cincinnati. You know, it, it's a poverty franchise. He, he's Quarterback not that season. type of
0: player either. He would never say he's not that type of player. Exactly. If you seen him play at LSU and his journey to get there and the way he improved in his two years at LSU, he is not that guy. He will go to a team and he wants to uplift those around him.
1: Exactly. He he is a true leader. He's got that charisma. But when you look at Cincinnati, we, we've got a rich history of quarterbacks. You know, Greg Cook career cut too short. Kenny Anderson should be in the Hall of Fame along with Ken Riley and Corey Dillon, Willie Anderson. I can go on and on. Um, you know, we, we had Palmer, you know, and then Palmer, no one expected us to win a game. We pick Andy Dalton the second round. So many people were saying, oh, it's a two-win team. Andy and A.J. Green take them to the playoffs. And then he has success. Now we've got Burrow. We've had a great history and everybody's seen the the Browns jersey with 30 some odd names all the way down for their quarterbacks. You know, we we looked at the Dolphins, try to compare all the quarterbacks they went through and all these other teams who are not getting that type of media uh, attention. We did. So when they finally called Burrow, I knew Burrow was going to be the pick. They finally called him. I, I, I almost got emotional because finally, finally, we can be done with it and move on to a new era.
0: Yeah, that, that's probably – look, as a Patriots fan, last year was very different for me. But through the whole time I've watched NFL, I've never had to feel what it's like to know who your quarterback is uh going in or never having a high draft pick and I, I think last year I kind of gained a little bit uh, of appreciation for teams that are very middling and and do kind of struggle which which is why I love Joe because he re- he really is incredible but obviously you you're probably one of the most famous Bengals fan and you're always very positive and very fair about the team on Twitter and you you're not afraid you. to you're, you're not afraid to criticize them if they do do something wrong. And I think that's very important from fans, which is this next point. I feel like we're going to divide the fan base here. And I'm not, I'm not sure if our opinions will match on this. But how do you feel about Zach Taylor as a head coach?
1: I'm a Zach Taylor fan. Uh, you know, it, it it's tough because if he doesn't work out, maybe, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe, you know, 8 million different things. But the first year, he he was really a late hire. He had difficulty assembling the staff, not because really of his difficulty. Part of it was timing, and then part of it was, okay, there were some talks that, that some defensive coordinators did not want to, um, you know, work for the Bengals. You know, that is, I, I understand that's on the table and the best way we can do that is to get back to winning. So a guy like Burrow, you know, there there will be a Burrow effect. So hey, you know, let, let's get the ship righted and get everybody back on board and let everybody fight for the job. Second year of course coronavirus. You know, then suddenly everything changes. We've got a rookie learning and and he's not the only rookie that had to learn uh, virtually. But, uh, you know, for a brand new head coach uh, who is starting with a rookie and all these other pieces in place, you know, it's tough. And all of those, you know, people have talked about the uh, one score wins and losses. That is really a deceiving stat because when you look at a team, who's lost a lot of games, the Chargers lost a lot of games that way, the Bengals lost a lot of games that way, that can flip. That can flip very quickly. So when you look at a team with a record, a poor record and a lot of those one-score losses, next year it could be the other direction. So the Bengals have addressed some of those reasons that they had, the, the, the one-score losses. That could change in a heartbeat this season. And then suddenly, Zach's the man. Now, there were there were reports of issues with with coaching. Um, you know, I, I've I've had people tell me about the offensive line coach, and he he might believe in his approach. Um, people have said, you know, players need to be tough. I think there's a line to draw in, in leadership. Uh, you've got to be able to. Mike Zimmer, I, I've I've been a fan of how hard-nosed he is, he'll drop an F-bomb, he'll drop it in the context of the situation, and it's never at you. He is never trying to, I've never heard a story about him trying to pull somebody down, whereas Turner, there were some people who thought he did that. And, you know, with a struggling unit, uh, a team that's trying to reestablish winning ways, that can really get in the way. Should somebody be tougher? Case can be made, but in my career, the times that I have been absolutely pulled down, it is so hard to pull yourself back up. So the 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 coaches that inspire, and and Frank Pollock sounds like one of those guys. He's going to get him, you know, right now. Zach's involvement and everything. I, I've heard a lot of players still on board. They love his message. Um, you know, people talk about coach speak uh, when he interviews. But if you know what he's saying, if you if you listen, I can completely understand what he's trying to say. He admitted multiple times there were problems with the offensive line last season, even though people tried to say he he wouldn't acknowledge it. He absolutely did. Just because he didn't throw down, we suck, doesn't mean he didn't acknowledge that there was a problem. He's going to go about it professionally. He's going to try to not tear down those guys, but let everybody know, it's on it's on the table. Anything's on the table. Any change. And that's why they swap positions. That's why they, you know, they looked at addressing some things uh, uh in the offseason, but it looks like they're gonna focus on the draft. So I, I'm a Zach Taylor fan. I think this year is the year that he proves everybody wrong.
0: Yeah, I I look, I, I've I kind of always thought you gotta give a coach three years, and, and if they can't make things happen in those three years, then Maybe something's going wrong, especially when you're giving him so many pieces. But I was also very big on getting Joe Brady in as an offensive coordinator and getting Marcus Freeman from um, University of Cincinnati in as a defensive coordinator. I think, you know, match made in heaven and if it, Zach Taylor, obviously a Cincinnati man himself, could could maybe make something work there but it, it's obviously tough. And I understand that Zach Taylor is in a very, very tough position and he's probably not envied by a lot of coaches for the situation he's in. Cause he, he's kind of got to do uh, a lot with uh, a bad situation that he's been put into, but he, he, you can see he's building and you can see he's very uh, committed to making sure this team gets better, which brings me on to the next part. And, I see. I see your tweets about it. I see other Bengals fans tweets about it. I see people who aren't Bengals fans tweeting about it, and that's obviously the big choice that you guys are going to have to make uh, in the next few weeks. And is it Jamar Chase or is it Penaisaule in this upcoming draft?
1: I, I there. There's got to be a moment of uncomfortable silence now. <laughs> It's It's a tough
0: choice, and I don't envy having to make it, but I see, hey, we could get some great guys like Rashawn Slater later uh, uh, and stuff like that, or... Uh, we could get we could pick up some great receivers in the second round, like a guy like Rondale Moore potentially falls, or Terrence Marshall, another guy from LSU who absolutely shone last year, despite only playing seven games, put up nearly eight hundred yards and obviously has that connection with Burrow. But anyone who knows this and is a fan of me knows that I have been saying some what what people may say wildly enthusiastic things about Jamar Chase, but I legitimately think he's the best receiver we've seen come out of college in Julio Jones, in terms of the way he plays and the amount of tape I've watched on this kid. Look, I, I'm an LSU fan through and through, and in the last two seasons, I, I watched every single <laughs> snap we took, and last season was tough. Last season was very tough. But that 2019 yeah. season when Burrow and Chase just it, it's so crazy. To me that he could potentially be the gu- the guy for you but the offensive line is gonna need a lot of help you've only gone out and got Riley reef in terms of big name signings but but what what is your thinking here without without maybe uh, peeing off half of the fan base <laughs> on either side of this debate you,
1: you know what I I do that uh, every now and then anyway so I, I'm used to it um, I <sighs> I I I wish we could rebuild our trenches. The times that we have been a dominant team, we have been dominant in the trenches. So I've been team Sewell from the very beginning. Um I, I really think he gives us he gives us a better running game. He gives us a better passing game because of the protection. Uh he he gives us, you know, we're we're not talking about. Great. We, we upgraded. We hopefully upgraded with Reef. You know, again, Bengals fans ignored some of the improvement in 2019 on the offensive line. And it just so happens they basically took a step backward, even though they added uh, Jonah Williams and uh, Xavier Ciofilo. You know, they took a huge step backward, but then they started to bring it on again mid-year. And things started to click again, and Burrow started to understand about he's going to have to get rid of the ball a little little more quickly uh, with his current offensive line, and things started to to work better. Um, So we hope that Reef adds a huge bump to that line, but what if it doesn't? What if we get an offensive lineman in the second round, and we start out the gates, and Burrow's on his backside again? those same fans that are clamoring for chase are going to just rip the team apart. That's what I don't want to see. That's why, you know, Sewell has been a, a, a favorite of mine, but I also am a huge advocate for best player available regardless. So we've got a generational talent to tackle. You know, maybe we can draft another Munoz. Maybe. But I understand everybody talking about the the drop-off isn't as enormous in that second round as it has been you know, any other year. If we see these guys that we're going to see in the second round, if we would have seen them in the first round, heck, if we would have seen any of these guys in the past how many years, we might not have had a chance to draft Burrow. We might have been winning more games because there's quality in that second round on the offensive line. And with Chase, I think you get day one chemistry, you know, where where, where AJ Green wasn't necessarily 100% sure of where to be, where, where Joe wanted. There were some throws where the placement of Joe's pass, I could tell, like, I, I wish I could ask him. I, I guaranteed say, yes, I meant to put it right there. And AJ's looking the other side, you know, it's not going to happen with Chase. Jamar and him, it's gonna be instant. Then I worry, well, what happens? Who, who are you gonna pay? You gonna pay Boyd, Higgins, or Chase? Or are you gonna wrap it's up the entire gonna, team's salary cap? And the <laughs> you know, hey, maybe we only have to worry about that after they win a couple of Super Bowls together. I don't know. Um Sewell's pro day, I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm thinking. Who's best player available? It, it's it's more neck and neck now. I'm I'm leaning still toward Chase being BPA. Um, if if somebody said, "Hey, Jeremy, you've got to turn in your your fan card if you screw this up," give it some thought. Give us the draft card. I'm probably back in my analytics, and I'm handing in Chase. My heart, though, my 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 heart. Yeah.
0: Yes, I love that shirt. That is. That is amazing.
1: Shout out to uh, Rowan TV for that. Great shirt. And, and I agree. But you know what? You can you can protect him with better weapons just as much as you can protect him with offensive line. I just hope it works.
0: Because as an LSU fan, and I'm going to come off as biased, but that's just <laughs> it's the, the nature of talking out about a player from a team you love. And I don't care about the accusations at this point. I truly believe Jamar Chase will be the best receiver in the league for the last 20 years when all is said and done. I I truly believe that he has the, the talent. This man has is unlike anything I've ever seen throughout that 2019 season. The, the fact that he, he would moss people, he he then stays balanced after catching, after high pointing a ball and still manages to turn his hips around and, and switch it upfield with that 4-3 speed that we saw at the pro day. And everything he does to me, there's good tackles every year. And don't get me wrong, Sewell is a great tackle, but I also don't think he's the best tackle in this draft class. he's He's great. He's powerful, but he's very raw. And, and you would need a good offensive line coach. I think if you're going to go for a tackle this early, you've got to take Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, a guy who absolutely bodied Chase Young every time Ohio State played North uh, Northwestern. But also when you get into the second round, you've got guys like Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State who is an absolute violent, and you see him trot out pregame. He's got his glasses on. He looks like really quiet. And then you see him play with such ferocity and such violence. And I think if you pick up Chase and then just say to a team like 10 picks later, if if say Rashawn Slater is still out there because a lot of teams have needs that isn't offensive line right now, you say to a, a team like, hey, you can take our, our third round pick and next year's first give us your pick now and then you go out and get a Rashawn Slater and then potentially in the second round get Tevin Jenkins I, I find it hard to see where if you have a situation like that where you don't win 10 to 12 games next season with a guy like Burrow obviously there's got to be some rehab work done and he's going to have to work on his mechanics a little bit after a, an injury that bad but with a guy like that quarterback with a guy who helped him break records, a twenty-three touchdown machine, I think you guys are an instant playoff team with, with Chase and then a two-three extra pieces at offensive line. And I don't think it's out, out of the realm of possibility of you guys doing that. I know that there's some preconceived notions about Cincinnati because uh, the the owners are—I don't want to say notoriously cheap or whatever—but they're kind of looked at as not wanting to move off from pieces as quickly, or or maybe they create friendships uh, with people, which which makes them maybe hold on to them too long. I don't know how true that is. This is just stuff that I see from the media. and
1: It's definitely out there in the media. I don't think uh, they get a fair shake, but uh, it's definitely out there in the media. And you make a great point that I have not seen anyone talk about. And what if we add... The probability, the, the 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 chance that Slater falls. What if we add that into the discussion? Everybody, every Bengals fan listening, you know the the debate between the two. What if you add a chance that Slater drops and the Bengals can trade up to grab him? Then I'm Team Chase. That that idea right there, the just the opportunity, not guaranteeing it not expecting it, but the idea that it could happen because guess what? People last year were shocked at the offensive linemen sliding not not 10 places, but three rounds. What if it happens and you could get both? I'm on board. Holy cow. I'm on board.
0: Because we did a work uh, mock draft, everyone at full 10 yards. And Rashawn Slater didn't get picked until pick twelve and someone traded up for him and we we try to be fair when we do this and look at how gms would look at it and they only gave up three picks and you you guys could easily do that give up a third uh next year's first maybe a sixth in there just to sweeten the deal up and then you go into the second round and potentially tevin jenkins is there or or something like that and that's instantly a game changer for you guys and like, like you said, you you'd not thought about it because I, I feel like it is quite an out the box thought for a team to do all that. There's a lot of things to happen, but if that, if that happens, I think you guys are immediately playoff contenders because you've then got Joe Burrow protected, a guy who, in terms of talent, it blows everyone out of the water in the last few drafts. I think the only person who even has that much talent, who's managed to refine it, is Josh Allen. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, but obviously he's not particularly an arm talent. He he is just he's a running right right. back. He, yeah, he's a, he's a. I didn't want to say it. Just kidding.
1: Ravens fail. Just kidding. I,
0: I'm I'm wearing the Bengal shirt. I can, I can get away with calling him a <laughs> running back. Um, but but yeah, I just I just think there's so many directions you guys can go. But I think yep. not picking up Jamar Chase and then going after a uh, lineman, very aggressive for trading up or in the second round, I think could be a big mistake because he like, like you looked Malfour Gape when I said, when it all said and done, he'll probably be one of the best wide receivers ever. I, I truly believe that. I think he'll go down top five. He'll be up there mentioned with Jerry Rice, Julio Jones, Deandre Hopkins. And already I think he's better than Justin Jefferson who had a crazy rookie year. I, I mean, watch them play together. Jamar Chase was heads and shoulders above anything Justin Jefferson did at LSU. Uh, And I think he's better than a lot of players in the league right now. I I wouldn't be afraid of saying he's better than CD lamb, uh, another great rookie, or I wouldn't be afraid of saying he's better than maybe a Robbie Anderson, who is a great wide receiver in in a, tough position and I, I think if you take him this might be blasphemy to bengals fans but potentially he'll be bigger than aj green when all, when all is said and done and i think he'll be mentioned in the same regard as chad johnson ocho cinco that's how much belief i have in jamar chase and
1: and you know to might- reach out to him and, and, and try to offer help and, and work so absolutely he's going to be goaded from from the beginning you of know, course you, you're talking about if if chase can have that kind of a career You know Anthony Munoz is held in very high regard, but when you think about the Super Bowl teams, Anthony Munoz is not the first name that comes up as a reason they scored the touchdowns. As a reason, he he's phenomenal. He's the best left tackle ever play the game. But there you had Max Montoya. You know you had you had the the line was a unit. But you had, you know, in 88, you had Icky Woods, you had Boomer, you know, there are those other reasons. So Sewell could improve the line. Absolutely. If if we can get the the improvement on the offensive line that I expected in two, 2020, grab somebody in the second or, or, you know, your situation, if we got lucky and could trade up and get, get a Slater, then yeah, you're right. Ch- Chase gives us that guy. Who, if he has that type of career, it's a franchise changer alongside Burrow. You're, you're selling me.
0: Because I think Slater's more ready to go than Panai. Just, just a lot of people uh, said from, that. Yeah. From the eye test, he he's a guy who you could plug in day one with little to no training, and he'd be good to go. But Sewell's gonna need a little bit more uh, development because he is insanely powerful, insanely strong and incredibly violent, which is what I love in offensive linemen. You get a very violent offensive linemen, oh, but yeah. they don't give up many penalties. And he's got all that, but he needs some refinement to his skill set. We see this all the time with very raw prospects coming in, and they're not developed correctly. And they kind of regress. We've seen it with Lamar Jackson. He had a great passing season. They didn't try to capitalize on that. And then he regressed. But then Josh Allen, who came in the same year... A guy who I was called crazy for, for saying would be in the MVP conversation last year. He fixed a lot of his mechanics, refined his skill set and turned himself into one of the best quarterbacks in the league, arguably. So I think Cincinnati has a lot of options and you're going to have to think long and hard about this because do you want to pass up on the next Ocho Cinco, the next Randy Moss, the next Jerry Rice, or do you want to make sure Joe Burrow stays protected and help them work as an offensive unit by keeping him upright. I, I just it. I I wouldn't want to make the call is what I'm saying.
1: Well, let me ask you. All of those Patriots Super Bowls. Um, who's your favorite Hall of Fame lineman?
0: <sighs> okay, this is going to sound ridiculous uh, because, but just because of how he kept Aaron Donald at bay, uh, I need to say Andrews because. He he never was physically impressive as a lineman, but the way he handled Aaron Donald uh, in Super Bowl Fifty Three was one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen from a lineman. Now, the
1: reason cool. they won. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, see,
0: that's a tough one. I, I I'm not sure.
1: I was. I don't think he was. Kind of... I I think I think you made your point, and and I think you know with the Patriots, it's. That offensive game plan. It's Brady. It's how they use their their weapons. It's Gronk. It's so many different things. They had a good line. They had a good enough line. Sometimes they had a great line. Sometimes not so good. You know, they've there've been seasons that I saw the Patriots try seemed like three hundred different combinations, we and also they kept had, winning.
0: We also had Dante Scarnecchia, which for people for people who follow. You know, the, the coach inside of football, I think Dante Skarniecki, probably the b- best offensive line coach who, who ever lived. Yep. And obviously he's retired now and we've obviously we've got people in to replace him. But the way he would take raw prospects and refine them and, and turn them into the line we have is, is just insane. So... I think maybe he's more responsible. Uh, yeah, I think, I
1: think we've got that with Pollock. I, you know, he was a good coach. He he did some good things with our players. Uh, you know, when he was here, and we're we're excited to have him back. So, you know, if <sighs> Sewell is impressive, but when you look at everything, all the pieces, and, and playing out in the future, you you you're selling me. I'm definitely the. It's tilting back toward Chase.
0: Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I could sort of uh, maybe persuade you um, a little bit in that regard. But before before we talk about how you became uh, a Bengals fan and talk about the C- Cincinnati as a city as well, because I, I currently live here. How do you think next season is going to go? And you can give me how it will go with Sewell, how it will go with Chase or or just what are your hopes for next season?
1: You know, I am hoping playoffs, I see playoffs. Uh again, I'll always throw out the disclaimer about injuries, but I I only throw it out for the very very worst. You know, we're we're going to lose a lineman. Um somebody's going to a wide receiver's going to get dinged up. We're going to have defensive injuries. Um but when when two entire positions get completely wiped out, it makes it a lot more difficult uh you know you're you're not testing depth you're trying to find people who are sitting on a couch who who've played the position and you can sign real quickly you know barring that i'm expecting playoffs you know and that it's it's going to be a tough schedule this year but uh you know there there are winnable games and i think they they took uh the next step last season they dealt with a lot of adversity and they still pulled off some good wins burrow in a second year I just feel like he his growth was exponential each game. It was absolutely wild to me how quickly he picked up on things. Second year, he's got a full offseason. Oh man, he's going to look like I think he's going to look like an all-pro next year. He's just I was, his processing is phenomenal. I was about to
0: say. And and hopefully the the new stripes you guys come in with as well. The two helmet shell rule. I'm hoping use the white helmets with black stripes for the color rush. That would look. Oh yeah. Incredible. (laughs) Oh yeah. But this is your team. You'll say. So, so let's talk about how you became a Bengals fan. And I live in the city of Cincinnati right now, and it's a city that kind of got memed on, uh, before I actually had the chance to visit and, you know, I say that coming from the UK and Toledo. So that's that's nothing to really joke about in those respects. But you always had the jokes of like, oh, when you land at the Cincinnati airport, they greet you with, hey, welcome to Cincinnati, kind of. And obviously, Harambe the gorilla and all, all these sort of th- things. But yep. tell me how you became a Bengals fan and, and what the city of Cincinnati means to you.
1: So I became a Bengals fan because of the cartoon Garfield i one i've not heard before (laughs) (laughs) a lot lot of fans who might be listening have, have heard it but uh you know i i'll tell it again i love it because i'm still a huge garfield fan uh i grew up uh three hours north of cincinnati and really you know i was more into uh video games you know even even back then i'm not i'm not going to say how far back then but uh I, I, was, I was five years old programming on a Commodore VIC-20. That'll give it away. And we moved to Tennessee. Uh, the first year was for the 88 Super Bowl. Now I'm, you know, I felt like a foreigner down there. <laughs> I'm in class and these kids come up to me and they know I'm from Ohio. They, they literally have no idea what anything in Ohio is where. They just assumed, hey, this this kid's got to be a Bengals fan because Ohio. So this kid comes up to me. He says, them Bengals are going to get their butts whooped in the Super Bowl. And I'm I'm allowed to say that accent because I used to talk like that. I, I spent a long time down there, and I came back to Ohio talking like that. People looked at me like, why does the name Jeff have four syllables? <laughs> so, I was about
0: to say, they must have thought you were from uh, Kentucky at that point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I bet 25 cents on the game. You know, I've, I, I had no idea who the Bengals were. I'm like, no, don't, no, they won't. They'll win. No, here's 25 cents. So I ran home and I told mom, we got to watch the Bengals. I don't know what it is, but we got to watch the Bengals. So we turned the Super Bowl on and I saw the helmets and I'm just like, oh my God. It, it's Garfield, the orange and black stripes and immediately fell in love uh it helped that you know tim Crumry unfortunately broke his leg you know and i've always been a little bit of an underdog you know fan so i i wanted him to win for that the icky woods stanford jennings the, the the kickoff return for a touchdown I, i'm screaming i'm not even sure exactly what's going on and i'm just yelling and screaming as a kid uh i, I was hooked i was hooked ever since and uh you know, it, it's funny, a lot of what I do, you know, if I, if I'm trying to give away tickets or memorabilia, you know, I'm very, very lucky to be around it a lot. And, and I come across autograph opportunities and I never turn down, you know, getting an autograph from a player, but growing up, you know, I, I didn't have the opportunity. We didn't have the money to drive down and go, go see a game, uh, you know, uh, my, my grandfather is a Browns fan. He worked with a guy who was a Bengals fan and would go down to the training camps. And he took me down one time as a kid. And first time I got autograph, that was the most amazing thing in the world to me. And I still remember like dreaming and hoping to to go to more than one game, you know, in five years. And we've, we've got 13 seats now and we go to every game and we, you know, go to London, every chance we get, we go to London and uh we're we're just incredibly lucky uh to to do that and and my roots are still you know sean volker you know famous ultra famous cincinnati artist he he had a i was lucky enough to be able to grab a, a Geno atkins uh piece that he did basically it's garfield wearing a Geno atkins jersey and spoke perfectly to how i became a fan and it's one of my favorite pieces
0: uh, I want to ask though, where obviously you've been to London, so you've sort of seen how eccentric the fans are there, and it's every single colour of them. every single team. Uh, how did you come up with the uh, Bengals captain identity uh, and the costume? Because it, it's it's one of the most eye catching things you ever see at a game. Uh, I'm going to be honest. For I, I've or worse, to yeah. Bengals, <laughs> yeah, I've not been to a Bengals game yet. I'm I'm hoping to go in future, but. Where where did the you know this identity come from of the Bengals captain and, and how did it sort of develop?
1: You can thank Microsoft. Microsoft? Yeah. Here here we go again <laughs> with a story. So my, my tailgate Bengal bomb squad. Uh, we have the the famous, the most famous Bengals fan, who baby. Sean. Love him to death. Uh, y- you know, his his whole persona. It's just perfect, you know, and, and we, when we first started getting, uh, we, we got the tickets, we parked in the garage closer to great American ballpark, and then we couldn't tailgate in the, in the garage. So the next season we ended up getting lot one. I had no idea what lot to get, but we found lot one and we would always walk by the Bengal bomb squad and big John Hootie baby, the bus, the inflatable flailing arm guy, uh, you know, we, we always got there late, never had the opportunity to hang out with them. Finally, one day we did. I am just a natural pitching kind of guy, I help clean up, help set up, help, whatever. Um, got to know them and, uh, they, they, they anointed me part of the, the team. They gave me a button. They pulled my, you know, face on there. Now I, I always thought I was cool. Um, apparently I'm mistaken. And I would always go to games with uh, the cargo shorts and 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 jersey tucked in. Now I, we don't have any kids uh, yet; we're, we're undecided. You know the Bengals games—you can't take a toddler. I, I don't know, um, but uh, I I I went to games like a dad, like the 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 lame suburban white dad. I apologize for all the lame suburban white dads wearing cargo shorts and tucked in jerseys. Uh, everybody Did always you told have me your
0: to phone n- in a holster though. Did you have a phone holster on your belt though? That that's when you really become a No,
1: dad. thankfully no. But everybody <laughs> told me to untuck my jersey, and I never untuck my jersey. So one day, uh, Big John contacts me, and and I did some technology. You know, we started doing some recordings, some interviews. You know, I wanted to you know bump up some things and and uh, share with with the fans who can't make it. So because of some of that, you know, he. He says hey we got contacted to do a microsoft commercial and i want you in so we uh did an interview with the the casting people they loved us uh so that took off and i am here with uh big john with his awesome mohawk you know and jersey and leather jacket and patches and he always sticks his tongue out because he's a kiss fan you know who day baby who you know, just the mo- the most organic, super fan creation that just fits. It just works. I can't think of him in anything other than that outfit. And uh, Mario uh, King Hude uh, on Twitter, same thing. Awesome mohawk. And then there's suburban dad. <laughs> I'm like, I got to think of something. I can't go. I, these these guys are amazing. I can't go with my jersey tucked in. Well. I grew the beard out because I started working uh, IT in a construction company. And it's very hard to get sometimes some of the laborers to care about uh, security in in IT. I'm like, I'm going to grow out a beard just to get them to listen to me. And it happened to come in kind of, kind of okay. So they started calling me Captain Obvious. So I'm talking to the wife. I'm like, you know what? Let's see if we can pull off some kind of weird, and it is weird, Bengals, Captain Obvious outfit, ordered the the jacket off of Amazon. Uh, The the first try, I was spray painting the the, the lapels and there was overspray. I had a huge black spot on the back. The the cloth was hanging and wrinkled and I was frustrated. We did it the night before Microsoft came to the tailgate. Uh, I'm I'm not going to do it. And, And the wife, she encouraged me. We went, and it was the opening day massacre. The Ravens whooped our tails, and everybody at the stadium laughed at me. I brought joy to a miserable day because of this stupid outfit. And I said, you know what? I'm going to wear it from now on. You know, hey, if I can make somebody laugh while we have misery on the field, it's worth it. And I've been doing it ever since. Even Green Bay's hottest ever recorded game. I was there, and this got pliable. I thought it was going to melt. It got really soft. I was worried <laughs> that it would actually start to hang. Uh, it's it's work, but uh, it's fun. It's absolutely fun. I appreciate all the fans that laugh at it.
0: As about to say, that's a great story because you are instantly recognizable, and I don't think there's many fans as iconic as yourself uh, across the nation. Everyone, you're on every time the Bengals are on TV. There's at least one shot of you <laughs> in the stand. I think you, you're almost a mascot at this point for the team. I think they should have you on, oh, on the sidelines, honestly. I feel
1: bad for them. If, if this is the best they can do, I feel bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but it's the spirit, uh, uh, yep. and that's what I love. Did, did you end up moving to Cincinnati, or, or do you still live outside?
1: We're, so we're around Columbus right now. The plan is my my lifelong dream has always been Cincinnati, and uh, we uh, we recently got one step closer to that. So it'll it'll happen, and then and then it's on. Oh yeah, I, I've got I some plans for tailgate you, bus. I,
0: I'm gonna have to come down and check that out. Um, but one question I will ask to set you apart to to know if you're truly ready. For Cincinnati or not, Gold Star or Skyline.
1: So it, it's it's rough because in Columbus we have Skyline. So I love Skyline.
0: I love Skyline. It's it's the best one, I think.
1: I I I might change my mind when I get to Cincinnati, but I, I we we just had Skyline last night, so you know I because I know you have rough. Gold
0: Star in Paul Brown, but I know that. You know, reds it's skyline
1: yep so i've i've had gold star paul brown and i did not like it as much as skyline so so i'm not dodging i'll say that i did not like it at but you know i have changed my preferences between pepsi and coke throughout my life depending on what i'm drinking so you know who knows
0: as you say my girlfriend and her entire family are are staunchly skyline i think if i ever brought Gold Star into the house, I would be promptly kicked out. And, that's how you know
1: you're in Cincinnati.
0: And, and maybe have stuff thrown at me. I mean, even when I met her in when she was in Bowling Green, the first meal we had together was skyline chili uh, on hot dogs. So it's great. kind of just like a prelude to everything happening. But uh that that's when you know you're truly from Cincinnati, when the chili matters that much. But oh, yeah before we get out of here, is there anything you would like to plug?
1: Oh boy. Um, yeah. I already, I already thanked uh, Ron for the amazing shirt. Uh, I got, I got a picture. I got a post. He he sent some stuff over. It's, it, it's awesome. Um, you know, the, the, the super fans out there. Uh, thank you. You, you guys, gals, everybody we're growing. You know, I, I still think who day baby is the one that, that, kicked everything off for so many of us. Uh, you know, you've got Bengal Arrow. Bengalorian is just up and coming, bringing some absolutely hilarious posts. And, uh, you know, the, the, the family putting the uh, videos out and we've got TikTok creators. We've got, uh you know, Dalton RC doing some some design work. And, you know, everybody is coming together as a fan base on social media. And I absolutely love to see it uh you know the cardinals posted the score the the reds cardinals game and if you look at the replies it's all reds fans absolutely destroying the cardinals i want that kind of energy An iconic moment oh yeah i want that kind of energy and for the bengals And, and we're getting it you know the the bengals group chat you know all those guys you know come up crazy ideas it's just absolutely phenomenal. We got, we got Yaz who just came out of nowhere and has more followers than really anyone in the space. Yeah, and she's uh, her pet talks are great. Absolutely yeah, love it. Just, Bengals fans. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up. We need you.
0: And you are at Bengals captain on Twitter. Probably one of the best Bengals fans. You and Yaz always come in with great content and, Rational debates, which is crazy to see from some football fans. If you spend oh, yeah. enough time uh, around Steelers' Twitter, uh, it's good to see some uh, rational debates. Uh, but I am Kieran at the Himbo F10Y. And make sure you go to full10yards.com forward slash shop and pick yourself up a draft guide. We've drafted, we've graded nearly every player who's going to be in this draft year. It's an incredible book and we hope you can all go pick one up. You can; They're available for digital and physical, but if you buy the physical, you get the digital copy too. Uh, and I'll make sure you get one as well, Bengals captain, uh, so you oh, can have a read through and see why Jamar Chase could potentially be the guy for you. Uh, but from everyone here at Full Ten Yards thank you very much you can see all the links down below bengal's captains also there so thank you guys and we will see you in the next one